one of the biggest things holding us back from our calling, from the things that Jesus has prepared us for, that the things that he is calling us to do is sin. It's the sin in our life that we don't want to surrender. I remember when I used to babysit this kid named Luke Bernacki. Luke, if you're listening, I love you. I used to babysit Luke Bernacki and we used to play video games, but I was 15 and he was three. And three-year-olds are not very good at video games, but he wanted to play. He wanted to be involved. So what I did was something sneaky. I took the controller, unplugged it, slipped it underneath the game system, and then we played. And Luke thought he was playing, but in reality, I was playing against the computer. So I was the one who was in control. We do this so much to God. So many times in our own life, we go to church, we read our Bible, we do the things that we know are the Christian things we're supposed to do. But the way that we're actually living behind the scenes where no one else can see, it's like we've unplugged the controller and we've slipped it underneath. And in our minds, we were fooling God. We're making God think, oh yeah, I'm walking with you, Jesus. I'm loving you, I'm serving you. But in reality, when it comes to the deepest, darkest parts of our heart, we're just doing whatever we wanna do. We're doing life how we see fit. Just like Adam and Eve in the garden, we're defining good and evil in our own eyes and not in the eyes of God. So often this causes us to live a double life. And guys, if there's one thing that's gonna hold you back from walking with Jesus and your calling, it's living a double life. I remember Pastor Dominic Doan sharing a story about how one time he was making a house call. He went to the apartment building of one of the people in his church just to drop by and say hi, and he knocks on the door and he hears loud music playing with lots of cursing and he hears the voice of the guy inside and the guy says, honey, it's the pastor, hide the vodka. And the music switches off and all of a sudden they switch on praise music, like Hillsong. <laughs> and they open the door and say, oh, pastor, God bless you. So glad you're here. And it was just such a funny story to me, but it's, it's in reality, it's so much of what we do. We have our church life and then we have our secret life, our, our life where often for many people, it's where we feel like it's where we get to be our real selves. And that's not the way the Christian life was supposed to be lived. Where we have these two selves, the, the church self that we're kind of working on here and there. And then the true self, that's the sinful self where we get to express ourselves and do the things that we truly want to do. If we're living this way, it's bondage. Now, I'm not saying you need to become some self-righteous church person who only listens to praise music. But what I am trying to make a point about is the reality that oftentimes we do do this. We live these double lives where we have our things that we know God's pleased with and then these things that we know that God probably isn't pleased with and we keep them in our lives. And so many people live their lives this way, one foot in the world and one foot in God's will. And we can't actually walk that way. Both feet need to be moving forward. 
Why am I sharing this with you? Well, because I love you guys and I know that you're called. I know that you truly are called by Jesus to great things, to walk with him, to love him, to follow him, to point other people to him. Your life is so much more than just eating and sleeping and work. I'm gonna give an illustration and it's gonna be an intense one, but just bear with me. So many of you guys know about World War II. You know about the Jews and you know about Hitler and his reign of terror across the world trying to kill Jews and send them to the concentration camps where they died in gas chambers. Imagine a family, a married couple, a man and woman who are Jews. Imagine they get captured by Hitler, ripped out of their homes and thrown into this concentration camp. And they watch so many of their loved ones, so many of their family members, so many of their friends die in the gas chambers at the hands of the Nazis. But then they escape. They make it out and they come to America and, and they, they're after this great life of freedom. They've gone through these horrible things and now they want a life that's free of all of the terrible things that were in the past. And so they have kids and they work hard to provide everything for these kids, to love them, to support them, to give them a life of freedom. And then imagine those kids grow up as teenagers and they decide that they want to define life on their own terms. And so they say to their parents, I'm going to go my own way. And they go and they get a swastika tattoo right on their neck where everyone can see it. Imagine how heartbreaking that would be for the parents to see their kids who they nearly died for. They're these kids that they love so much and they don't want to experience any of the terror and horror and evil that they faced. These kids now are wearing these tattoos that represent everything they've been fighting for their entire life. The swastika is the symbol of Hitler, the symbol of evil and hate and racism. Imagine how horrible that would be for those parents. What a slap in the face it would be. Guys, what I've realized is that when we choose to live in the house of God, in the house of our father, but go on sinning and not repenting. When we sin and there's no conviction, when we sin and we just don't care, it's like wearing that swastika tattoo in front of the Jewish parents. Because when we wear our sin outwardly on our sleeve, when it's not just something that we struggle with from time to time, but it's something that's an active part of our life and, and everybody around us can see it. They can see it if they're at school with us, at work, if they're checking our social media feed, they can see our sin just out in the open. And we don't care. We're literally saying to Jesus, I don't care about what you lived for. I don't care about what you died for. I don't care about what you fought for. I don't care that sin is this dark, destructive force that's been trying to rip your family away from you since the beginning of time. And you were willing to send your son to live a perfect life and die for me. I don't care. It's, it's intense and it's, it's an intense illustration, but I see so much truth in it. I wanna encourage you take God seriously because he took you seriously on the cross. The reality is regardless of your sin, 
regardless of what you've done, regardless of how much you're in rebellion right now, he loves you unconditionally. He was willing to lay his life down for you and he would do it a million more times if he had to. But he doesn't have to, and you don't have to continue living in sin. He already paid the price. The work has already been done on the cross. You're already forgiven and free. The chains, they've been unlocked. You just need to step out of them. So I just want to encourage you. If you're like me, if you're human, you've struggled with sin. But just because we struggle doesn't mean that we have to embrace it. It doesn't mean we have to give up and just live in it. You're called for something far greater than that. So if you're listening to this and if that's you, get with Jesus. Tell him you're sorry. Repent. Ask him to help you step out of the chains that you're in. If you need help, get help. Reach out to somebody. But don't let your sin hold you back from the great things that Jesus is calling every single one of you to do. Because he has something so much more. He's holding it out constantly. And all you have to do is just reach out your hands and take it. Just receive. He loves you. He loves you so much. His mercy, his grace is so powerful, so much more powerful than our flaws and our sins and our problems. Thanks for listening, guys. Love you. And until next time, we'll talk soon.